Hey, everybody. Welcome to Getting Sidetracked, the newest show on the Random Chatter Podcast Network. I am your host, Eric, and uh, we are going to be rotating different hosts in and out of the show as it goes along. But tonight, I've got the the regular crew here with me. I've got Lou and Tim. Lou, how you doing tonight? I'm doing well. All right. Tim, how are you doing? I, I'm fine. I didn't know I, I had to rotate. Uh, you don't you, have to rotate. You never you said still. that was a, a requirement. And it's kind of difficult like to do that with the the headset on and like I'll get tangled in wires. Hey, listen, oh, dude. your, dude, you your setup, your local setup is not my problem. It's just a big hassle now, Eric. I, I don't know that I well, can do this. This is a lot of pressure. All right. All right. Wait, would it be easier if I said revolve instead of rotate? Would that... I mean, you'd still be facing the same direction. It's just you'd have to take the whole desk and, and move it around. How about orbit? Orbit. <laughs> hmm. We'll come back to that. <laughs> All right. So welcome to Getting Sidetracked. Uh, this is a discussion-based show. The idea is we're going to take one topic each episode and beat it to death, just like a dead horse. So. um Sometimes it'll be something silly and funny and goofy. And other times it'll be something really serious that we're, we're delving deeply into. Uh, this first episode, I think we're just going to kind of take it easy, uh, sit back and, and relax a little bit and uh, kind of wing it. In orbit. And uh, I thought, you know, it's been a while since we've done a getting to know the hosts sort of a thing. Uh, there are probably some things that uh, people still don't know about Lou and I. And then, Tim, you've never really been part of that type of discussion before at all. The interesting thing right? is, Eric, what, what you missed over the summer was I did a whole series with I know almost all of Everybody our hosts else. except Lou. Lou's one of the few yeah, people I, I, I was, never I was got. left out. We did. I was left out. Didn't, we I, did our series. You didn't get Lou. Called Random Chatter Interviews. Um, so mm -hmm. I was part of every one of those discussions, but on the other side. Right. You didn't do Lou, you didn't do me, and you didn't do yourself. Correct. Yeah. So I think you should bring those back. Uh, I mean, we need to get some more staff. That's actually my plan is, but, is I'm like thinking ahead every summer. I want to do random chatter interviews again. I think that's an excellent idea. Yeah. I got to wait till summer. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's it's yeah. a, it's a summertime it some mini series. to think about the questions. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. You know, speaking of staff, uh, we are about to launch a page on the Random Chatter website. I I have it mostly done. I just never finished it and hit the button to make it public. Where we are going to start uh, letting people submit applications of a sort. What? Uh, from time to time, we have people write in and say, hey, you know, I'd like to be on the network. And, and sometimes we don't have any positions available. Sometimes we do have positions available and we don't have anybody writing in saying they're interested. So we thought what we would do is set up basically an application page. You go to this page, you fill out a little form about, you know, what your interests are, things like that. You submit a five minute recording of yourself. And uh, then we kind of keep it on file, if you will. And when we're out looking for new hosts for things, we go to those first and, uh, you know, see who we think might be a good fit for a particular show idea. Um, we might use it if we need guests from time to time. Can I submit something? You could submit something. I'm not going to guarantee we're going to put you on a show. I, I wouldn't guarantee that either. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I've I've heard enough. <laughs> so, and that's the other thing too. If you do submit something when we launch this, uh, it doesn't mean that we're going to have a place for you necessarily. We're just going to leave it open all the time and and build a kind of a repository of people who we can go to if if something comes up. We definitely want people to submit stuff, though. I mean, I think all three of us, and and probably even uh, before when when he was a main host, Chris. And, and others have gotten folks who have expressed interest and said, hey, you know, would love to do a podcast, would love to be on with you guys. And uh, sometimes we kind of manage to fit in a guest here or there, but usually we bring in a guest if they are kind of a known entity and we know that they're involved in, in something that we can kind of interview them with. Right. Uh, but if certainly if folks have some interest in, in basically becoming one of us, uh, that's outstanding. <laughs> You know, oh, that's a horrible thing to do. <laughs> you know, seriously, though, other than a, a few people that I started out with way, way back in the day, Brian and Jeff, and I think that's probably it. Uh, I think Kevin appeared on a couple of episodes. Ren, my wife, has been on a couple of episodes. But otherwise, mm-hmm. over the years, all of the staff that we've had, we've brought in as a result of... Um, people contacting us and saying, Hey, I'd like to help out with this or that, even if it's not actually being on the microphone and then they eventually become on the microphone. Yeah. But uh, well, with the exception of the mergers and acquisitions that we've, you know, taken on. Well, yeah. Um, And and Nerdist, we're looking at you. You're next. Yeah. Uh, Random chair is actually going to take over the Nerdist network. We're not, that's fake news. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I I think, uh, you know, we get Chris Hardwick on here and, uh, talk to him about it i I think we can work something out yeah probably uh here's here's an idea just kind of floating that out here this is off the cuff stuff people this is completely unscripted you know this is wild and crazy no one knows what's going to happen here we wait 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 wait. i have show notes i'm supposed to know what's going to happen tim Tim, you've been drinking tonight no not at all Uh, that's why he's not making any sense We should have, once we get a, a bunch of these submissions in, we should have a uh, show miniseries called Random Chatter Auditions, where we bring people on uh, random topics, and we invite them onto a show, and, and we, we talk about those topics. So at best, it would be the Random Chatter version of American Idol. Or at worst, it would be the random chatter version of a beauty pageant. <laughs> I, I don't Pretty know. I, maybe. Maybe. It, it has some potential. It's, it's like the second interview. So like the first interview is people express their interests and they, you know, fill out this questionnaire thing and they submit their, their, their version, the digital version of a demo tape. And it, then if people, if we like the people that, that come in, then we and throw them they, all on a show together, and it's basically an audio, audio version of the Hunger Games. Yeah, it's basically a free-for-all. It's yeah, only the, one person the, survives. It's, it's the Royal Rumble of, of random chatter. And uh, no, we, 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 have, we have folks on one at a time with some amalgamation of the three of us, and uh, we just kind of have a show with them, and we see how it goes. Yeah. And if they're as awkward as I was the first time I recorded, then we absolutely don't have them on. I'm, you know, I'm thinking back to everybody's first recordings. Uh, there were very few people who were not awkward. 
Um, yeah. I, I have to say, I don't think anything could have been as awkward as my first few episodes with Eric Geller on the force cast. It was a little rough. Those, those were a little rough. Yeah. yeah. I, I won't say anything else about it, but I, I have to, you know, in the, over a decade now that I've been podcasting, I think I can honestly say that those first maybe four or five episodes were the most painful, uh, growing experiences that I've, I've ever been through on the mic. <laughs> well, the, the thing is, is that you have to, I think the tough part about it is that you have to have some measure of chemistry with the other people that you're on with. And it obviously mm -hmm. helps to be familiar with the format and such and have a comfort level with that. But having that chemistry with people so you're not constantly talking over them or it just it, it just gets really rough and awkward. And the way I understand it is that you and Eric were just kind of like put together by other people like you guys didn't even know each other. Right. Yeah, that that is correct. And, and there were some. Uh, some miscommunications um, yeah. about what the roles were going to be going into it. So. Sure. But, you know, over time we developed a report, you know, some people can, they, they just kind of click into place and that's great. Mm -hmm. Other people you can develop a, a working relationship with over time. So, you know, it, it's, uh, we got through it. Yeah. So, um, anyway, so, uh, that's, that's kind of a, a little bit of a, a sample of the types of things that might happen here on getting sidetracked. We could get sidetracked. I, I think it's very amply just, titled. Just a little bit. <laughs> just yeah. a little bit. Yeah. We're known I for think our it's tangents. it's a very apt name for the show. We're known mm -hmm. for our tangents here on, on the network. And, and, uh, I thought this might be a good name for this type of show, but yeah, there'll be a lot of kind of behind the scenes, um, talk, I think, as, as we go forward. But we will have topics, and, and today's topic is going to be just kind of getting to know us. So I've got some questions thrown together here, and I'm sure that these will go off in a billion different directions. And uh, it also should make it easy to keep the episode to a decent length. So Jared will be happy. Uh, <laughs> Tim. Uh, hey, hey, hang on a second. Uh, yeah. Before we get into this, because uh -oh. um, I don't think you've kind of done a full description of what getting sidetracked is about. Well, it's kind like of not what about the anything. the format's going to be. So okay. if, if you could tell people and me. Uh, <laughs> what, 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 Hi, what, Eric invited me to be on the show and I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, but I showed up when he told me to. So, hey, Eric, why don't you tell the audience so that I know what the heck I'm doing here, uh, what we're doing? Folks, is, is I can that... actually show you the messages that were exchanged between the three of us that prove that I have no idea why I'm here. <laughs> I, I believe the quote was something here. along the lines of, oh, did you want me on that? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so the idea is this is basically going to be back in the day we had random chatter split up into something that was more of a news show and then something that was more of a discussion show where it was a single topic sort of thing. Um, and even then those topics tended to be more spinoffs of the news. And, and we've gone through a lot of different iterations, but I mean, random chatter has been around since 2004. So yeah, it's been through different variations. That's, no surprise. Uh, 
but this is going to be kind of a throwback to the old discussion shows, but I think maybe a little bit different. I, I think this is going to be something where every now and then a big topic is going to pop up that we really want to dive into. Like right now there's a big war in fandom between the different superhero movie franchises. We're probably going to touch on that soon. Um, but then sometimes we just want to sit back and, and just talk about, I don't know, our experiences podcasting or, you know, Hey, what's, what's your top five time travel movies? I know Lou is really into time travel movies mm. or, mm -hmm. or Tim, why in God's name should I care at all about James Bond? Because I really don't. But I know well. you do. And so maybe I'm missing something. <laughs> like, I want to just be able to take stuff and, yeah. and talk about it. It's going to be generally a single topic because we are still going to have tangents because we can't seem to avoid them. So um, I don't think having multiple topics is, is really going to work out. Uh, but the Random Chatter Show will still be primarily about current events. And this will be more about just general things that, that aren't necessarily an issue of timeliness. Like sure. we want to talk about something that you could listen to next week, or you could listen to three years from now and, and still have it be interesting. Um, some of the things, if it's about a movie or a TV series, I mean, yeah, there could be other things that happen in between the next three years, but th that's kind of what we're looking at. Um, it's going to be a, probably about an hour long. I'm actually going to shoot for maybe about 45 minutes. Spoiler policy is going to be basically like the rest of the network. Um, for movies, two, we two weeks after the DVD release is generally fair game, though we'll give some warning. Uh, for television, I'd say generally about a month after the episode airs. Books at least a month after the release. I know people don't read books right away after they come out. In fact, books will probably be even longer than that. But even then, if it's something that's within the last year, we're definitely going to give a warning. If it's a movie that came out 20 years ago, you're on your own. <laughs> that's um, fair. Kind of a common sense sort of thing. I, I think most of our listeners kind of have a feel for where we stand on spoilers. We try to be very, very respectful of that sort of thing. Um, uh, Release format, uh, release, release schedule, we're looking at probably weekly. We're coming up on the holidays, so we're, we're getting the show launched, and we're probably going to have a break for a little bit. Uh, but ideally, it's going to be a weekly show. Uh, I'm going to try to get Lou and Tim on as frequently as I can, but, uh, you know, schedule's permitting. But we're also going to bring in Lizzie. We're going to bring in... Um, Andrea, and I don't know if we've made an announcement about our other new host yet that's going to be doing a show with Lizzie, so I don't know if I should throw that out here yet or not. Um, no, it and, hasn't gone out yet. Okay. So I'll, I'll let Lizzie do the, the introductions on that later. Um, we could bring in other podcasters. We could bring in guests from other shows. If we have a guest on uh, Echo Base for a Star Wars-related thing, we might try to get them on here, too. Uh, you know, we're we're going to rotate people around based on topics and interests and schedules. Like for example, one of the topics that Eric and I have had brewing for the last uh, two or three weeks has been essentially our speculation on what the infinity war film is going to look like. Uh, and I guess to kind of also include Avengers four, since it seems now based upon the trailer we've seen for infinity war, that it's really the setup for Avengers 4. Um, 
and <laughs> kind of comparing that to what we know in the comics for the Infinity Gauntlet series, some of the Infinity War series, which isn't great. Uh, and then there's actually an article <laughs> that uh, Eric shared with, shared with me a couple days ago um, about Infinity, which I really had for some reason no visibility of, um, which there's some speculation that that is what the Infinity War movie may actually be closest to. So kind of tossing some of the, some of these things around. And it's funny because, you know, a lot of the news seems to change this on a pretty regular basis. I mean, we're... I know every time I've, I've got detailed show notes up. I've got <laughs> we want to give people kind of an overview of what the Infinity Gauntlet comic book series covered. Mm -hmm. uh, for the people who aren't familiar with it and then kind of compare and contrast it to what we're expecting. I've got detailed show notes up like pages of stuff. And it seems like every three days there's new stuff. And even today there's new stuff that's going to directly affect Avengers four, if not the infinity war movie. Yeah. It's like, Holy crap. If, if the rumors are true and, and, you know, the evening that we're recording this on uh, December 7th, the there's the rumor that the deal is has been greenlit between or, or for for Disney to buy out Fox. Yeah. If that happens, um, you know, there were all these plans to do Infinity War and Avengers four with just the MCU property uh, characters. And mm -hmm. now all of a sudden this is, you know, potentially opening a door for the X-Men to join in, the Fantastic Four to join in, or at least some of them. And if you're yeah. familiar with the comics, these characters were featured pretty prominently along with the Avengers. So it's really, really interesting news. Well, um, and for example, you can you can have Doctor Doom now. Mm -hmm. Doctor Doom has always been a big player right. in the um, the various iterations of this type of thing, the Infinity Gauntlet. Yep. I think he was involved. Was so, he involved in Thanos Quest leading up to the gauntlet series i don't remember that but I anyway i mean silver dr doom is, is yeah, silver surfer i mean huge mm -hmm. player in the infinity gauntlet uh but so now i think that what we're going to do and i've got a couple of other topics i think that this is going to happen with too we might have to kind of turn it into a series um tim sure. and i might have to take a night and just record for like i don't know two and a half hours and then break it up into multiple <laughs> episodes and uh you know i've got one of the things i wanted to open this podcast show with not this episode, but this podcast series was kind of a, a discussion about where things stand right now in, in geek culture and how it's different from when the three of us were younger. And, and the more I got into it, mm. I realized that uh, that's another thing that's probably going to have to be split up oh, over yeah. multiple different, uh, multiple different topics. I mean, there's, so One of the much. things I wanted to talk about is um, the uh, the the nerd side of geekdom versus the non-nerd side of geekdom. I mean, there are a lot of sports geeks out there, and there's you know the stereotype we grew up with is either you were a jock or you were a nerd, and now that that's starting to get to be a little bit different. But um, the different ways in well, which I mean, they've geek always been cultures similar. become. Well, it was just geek culture has become more mainstream, yep, too. I exactly. Mean, you see a lot of things now that you didn't see before that were kind of, you know, shunned when we were younger, maybe, or, yep. or at least not 
you wouldn't you wouldn't fly your geek flag as proudly. Right. And now, now we've it's got, become almost commonplace. Yeah, mm -hmm. we've got celebrities who are admitting to playing video games and to reading comic books and, and Dungeons things like that. Dragons. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, also, you know, just escapism in general. At what point does it become too much? At what point does it become harmful? Uh, with the change that, Lou, you were just talking about with geekdom being more mainstream and widely accepted, why is it that Hollywood still tends to bash geeks? You can't have a comic book convention without it being a, a way to ridicule nerds. And, and the reality is that, uh, you know, easy stereotype. This, the, the very studios who are continuing mm. to, to perpetuate that stereotype are the same ones whose properties are reliant upon that demographic. Yeah. It's like, ah, catch up guys. So there's that topic. Mm -hmm. um, there's the, are, are we feeding the corporate machine? Yes. Yeah. There's, there's all of these different topics about what it, <laughs> we just yes. did that show uh, there right you go. there. That was yes. The, we'll call that a microcast. <laughs> but you know, what does it mean to be a geek today? What, what does it mean to be part of, of this entertainment based fandom? And uh, these are all topics that I, I think we've got a good selection of hosts on this network to be able to dive into and give some perspectives. And I know that we have a good selection of audience members for whom this means something because we interact with a lot of these people in Slack and, and we get emails from people. And I, I think that this would be some, some interesting stuff to cover going forward. So, but anyway, that, that that's all for other episodes. But yeah, we'll probably be doing some series of topics as well as just individual topics. And sometimes to break up uh, the, the seriousness of some things, we might interject uh, an episode in between that's a little more light and fluffy from time to time. But anyway, we're about 20 minutes into this episode, so I want to get into some of the, the stuff about us. We, you know, we can be narcissistic for this episode. And only this episode after that, no narcissism. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> Tim, you Eric. are approximately the age of Lou and I, correct? You don't have to give any specific numbers, but... Yep. Okay. Yep, I'm, I'm right around with you guys. All right. So I grew up, I was born in the mid-70s. I grew up mainly in the mid-80s. And, and I know that for me, a lot of my geek uh, interests developed back when I was a kid. So I wanted to ask... I guess the three of us. Did you have any childhood interests, whether it be franchises or toys or video games or whatever that, that kind of defined your fandom mm. earlier on? Yeah. Okay. And the follow-up question to that, if, if you don't mind just, you know, shutting up for a minute, cause I didn't want you to elaborate that much, Tim. <laughs> um, what would those things have been? Yes. Um, All right, Lou. My, uh, oh, <laughs> moving right along. The things that, that I was really big into um, as a kid, especially when I was younger, uh, G.I. Joe and Transformers were the two big things. All right. Uh, I, I had the toys. My own heart. Yeah, I, I, I had the toys. I watched the cartoons. Um, you know, I was, I, I read some of the comics. Um, in fact, I, I probably stuck with the GI Joe comics longer than I should have. Um, th those were, you know, I had friends who also had the toys. So we would have like, 
you know, go hang out at a friend's house and we would like set up the living room with these massive battle scenes of, you know, GI Joes and just, you know, crazy stuff with the vehicles and and zip lines and, you know, snipers up on sitting up on top of the, the old console TV and, you know, (laughs) snake eyes, the ninja hiding in the house plant and, you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, that was like, that, that's what we did. That was, that was the, it was, it, it was, was always like cool epic. how the, the furniture became like the terrain. Yes. You know, the, the oh, house plants and, and, you know, the couch would be some big, you know, cliff or, or mountain range or something. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lou, and, did, you know. did, I, I want to kind of stay on the GI Joe transformers thing for mm-hmm. a minute, but Lou, did you also partake in, in the, uh, Yeah, I I did the the Transformers, not so much. I really wasn't into Transformers when I was a kid, but G.I. Joe stuff, yeah. Um, And and for me, it was more about, you know, the toys and stuff, too. It was less Mm -hmm. about the content, more about the toys and the action figures. And a big thing that adds into the the G.I. Joe stuff would have been, for me at least, um, Legos and um, Matchboxes. Mm. Those are, you know, the bigger toy things I remember growing up with. Right. Oddly enough... I, as a kid, did not have Legos. And of course, now I'm, I freaking love Lego. Yeah, right. Um, constructs <laughs> were the thing that I had as a kid. And oh, you, you were one of those kids. Yes, uh, I was one of those kids. <laughs> um, and of course, you know, I look back on them now and it's like, wow, compared to Lego, constructs kind of sucked. Um, but I still managed to, like, I built an X Wing. I would, I remember sitting in funny enough, sitting in this house, uh, cause this is, this was my, used to be my grandparents' house. Uh, so I grew up here watching empire strikes back on TV and I had my, you know, giant rubber made box of constructs for miscellaneous sets that, you know, had been bought for me for birthdays and Christmas and all that. And I was just, you know, riveted with Empire Strikes Back and I built an X-Wing, um, I, you know, like the certain things like that stick in my head. And I even would build constructs things that would like work with G.I. Joe's so they would like fit in them and stuff and build vehicles and bases and all sorts of cool things. You know, I kind of missed the the whole Lego thing. I, In hindsight, I wish that I had... Um that I had done more with Legos and the GI Joes and Transformers. I mean, you could have built little bunkers or bases or things like that out of it. And mm. I guess I just never put, put the two together. Um, I mean, I, you know, this is back before Lego had all the cool properties they have now, but this is, you know, when they had the space Legos, you know, the, the yes. space spaceman yeah. with a helmet on. I mean, that was the first, you know, space type thing I had growing up as a kid. It was just awesome. You had the adventures you'd make and the, you know, the things you'd, you'd build oh, yeah. and play with. It was just awesome. Yeah. Cause none of the stuff then was licensed property. It was just Lego doing Lego stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I want to point something out. Um, uh, let me see if I can find it. It was in our star Wars channel in Slack. I think it was spent. It, it was Spencer. So Spencer in our Slack community, shout out to him. I love the guy, but I hate the guy because <laughs> see, when we were growing up, VHS was 
just starting to come around. Like it, it was, if you had a VHS player at home, that was like a big deal. And it wasn't so few people had them that there weren't really rental places, at least not yeah. in, in the areas where I lived. Um, and to buy a videotape of a movie was incredibly expensive. I mean, there were some that Very were a hundred dollars so. retail. Yep. Mm. They were insane. And so Star yeah, most Wars of them were back then. Yeah. yeah. Star Wars didn't come out for a long time. A lot of people would bootleg things. Off, you got really, really crappy VHS copies of things from people who bootlegged them off of 35 millimeter film. Mm -hmm. uh, so as kids, we went to see Star Wars in the theater and you didn't go see a, a movie in a theater twice back then. At least a lot of people didn't. So yeah, you saw no, it once that was, and that was it. Yeah, that was pretty much unheard of. And yeah. then it would be mm -hmm. like a year or more before it ever came out on VHS. Yeah. Oh, sometimes right. much and, longer. And back that. then, you know, like like Eric said, most people didn't have VHS recorders. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you never saw it again until it was on broadcast television or, you know, was it late 70s, early 80s when HBO started becoming a thing? And it was, ooh, it's on HBO now. I can see it right. there. Yeah. You know? yeah. And even HBO then was you had to wait. Oh, it's on. Yeah, yeah. But then you have, ooh, it's on Thursday at three in the morning. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, so, and, and I mean, I, growing up, I was too poor to have HBO. Like, I had a couple friends that had it, but, yeah, we we didn't. Hell, we didn't have cable TV until I was probably in my early teens. Oh. So, yeah, I didn't have cable TV until I was in high school. Yeah. I think we got it when I was, like, 11, but we had, like, 15 channels. <laughs> Back when I was a kid. So uh, one of the, the interesting things, though, was as a kid, you went to see the movie. And after that, if you wanted to, like, quote, rewatch it or re-experience it, you had uh, books. You had read-along picture books that might have come with a cassette tape where they'd kind of narrate and there'd be explosions and laser blasts and stuff in the background. Um, and it was the toys. And so Spencer, I want to bring this back to the Slack community. He pointed out that because Columbia just released a line of Star Wars coats. There were two for Princess Leia from Hoth and one for Han Solo. And it was that blue coat that he had with the big, uh, like the parka hat, uh, the, the parka hood that comes up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. I love that coat. And then Spencer pointed out, well, yeah, except it's blue. And I'm like, well, yeah, it's blue. He's like, no, check check the movie. It's, it's Brown in the movie. I'm like, no, it's not. It's blue. And Carrie's like, yeah, no, I remember it being blue. And someone else chimed in. No, it's blue. He's like, no. And he sent us a link. And I actually went and I, I didn't even click on the link. I went back and pulled up the movie and fast forwarded it. And I'm like, oh man. So the lighting is all like really blue tones and it's hard to tell. And there, there was one shot where you could tell just as he's leaving the uh, echo base, I'm like, Damn it. It's brown. <laughs> but the toy that Hasbro, or I guess Kenner at the time, released was blue. And so that was our yes. reality. So when we were kids, yeah. we didn't have the internet. We didn't have social media. I mean, uh, Tim, what you were talking about going and hanging out at someone's house, that was, as a kid, that was kind of the social status yeah. for us. It, it, that was the thing that you did. That was your social life. And uh, it's amazing how the toys defined a lot of that stuff. I remember Transformers, there was a, a Transformer, and he was my favorite one because I love the color blue. And he, uh, his name was Blue Streak. Mm -hmm. And they always came with these fold-out things when you open up the box from the Transformer, and it would show you all of the different Transformers in that way. Mm. So you knew exactly what you had to hound your parents about purchasing. 
Parents <laughs> yeah. loved those things, trust me. And <laughs> when you looked at it, it was the the Japanese, um, I think it was Takara was the company that made the cars and then the jets and everything that was a different Japanese company. And then Hasbro kind of brought the two together under the Transformers oh, really? license. Yeah. No, yeah. And then the other things like Perceptor, the microscope and Megatron, the gun, and mm-hmm. those were yet another company. That was a third company in Japan. Oh, who okay. made those. Yeah. So the licensing thing got all weird, but they had the Japanese version. Uh, it was a, a Nissan, uh, something or other fair lady or something. And it was blue and gray. But then when you went to the stores and, and got the actual transformer, it was all silver. And I remember I really wanted that transformer for Christmas, my 12th birthday. I got it and it was silver. And I'm like, Oh, thanks. Is this like a misprint or, or what's going on? And it turns out there never was the blue and gray transformer that was in all of the packaging. It was in the cartoon. It was on the back of the boxes where they had that big um, display of like all of the characters fighting each other in that big space scene. And it it's weird how like the, the characters are kind of defined by the toys when, when you're a, a kid back then, it was strange. I just, I remember that being one of those things, kind of like the blue, uh, Han Solo coat. Mm-hmm. Now for the comics, you said you read the GI Joe comics longer than you probably should have. Oh yeah. Yeah. They Which, were still fun. They, but, we, and Larry Hama was a really good writer. Yes. <clears throat> yep. It would have been a lot better if they hadn't had interference from Hasbro, like forcing them to say, okay, this is our new wave. You have to write these characters in. Right. And, uh, but he also wrote the, um, the little files on the back of the packages for the action figures. Oh, did he? Where they had like the profile. Yeah. Those were all written by Larry Hama. I love those. I, I used to keep those and they looked like, um, like well, a, like a file manila folder. folder. Yeah, yeah. Like a manila fold. They would have the tab on top and stuff. I would, I, I remember I, it's funny you mentioned it because I, I remember I used to, I would take scissors and I would cut out those little yeah. things and, and keep them like the, you know, this was my, my dossier on my soldiers. Absolutely. And, you had like yeah, a deck and, of them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I yep. would like, you know, study up on those things. And so I would know all about these characters and, you know, and then I, so you have the, 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 the action figures and then you have the comics and then you have the cartoon and, you know, being able to kind of like build this whole personality for these characters and stuff. It was, it was fun. Yeah. And the funny thing is back then, it seems like, you know, I'm, I'm watching my son now as he's going and, and he doesn't really get into the action figure stuff that much, but when he did have some phases where he was, there wasn't really a lot of characterization mm. to a lot of those, those characters. And and back then we had, I mean, those cards had their rank, their real name, their, you know, what branch of the military there was, what, what their specialization was. The transformer stuff had a paragraph describing their personality. And then they had like meters for what their strength and agility yes. and speed was. Yep. And, intelligence and and so they they had character they had personality to them and that seems like you don't really get that anymore no but you know and, that, and go, that go those kinds of stats are it was interesting that they must have learned something even though dnd was fairly young then but they must have picked that up from 
that must have been a D&D thing because really no one ever looked at stats at that granular detail of a fictional character before. That's a and, good point. And I just think, yeah, I mean, that was kind of brilliant because also, I, yeah, you, you would take those little profile cards and say, oh, well, if they were going to fight, you know, you would do your own celebrity deathmatch thing. If yeah, they were going to yeah. fight, this character would beat that character because this one has, you know, more strength and more agility. And uh, yeah, you could like argue these things like as a six year old, I'm arguing these things with my friends. Right. But that was a lot of fun, though. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I that's never made the did. D&D connection before. That That's pretty astute. I like that. I never made it before either. I just, it just happened. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the G.I. Joe comics, uh, Lou, I know you weren't really into the, the content side of it that much, but I have to say that the G.I. Joe comics were a lot better than the Transformers comics. But then to me on the TV show side of things, the Transformers TV show was better than the G.I. Joe TV show. Like, at least when the Transformers shot things, they'd occasionally hit them. (laughs) I kept thinking the whole time I was growing up, like, man, military special forces, would I really want to join them? I think I want to join an outfit that could actually shoot things. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. All right, well, so... An awful lot of stuff without uh, anything happening. Without actually hitting anything. Yeah, like... Well, then they grew up and they... They became stormtroopers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like said, yeah. yeah. Merged into the stormtrooper legion. You know, it, it's funny how much of the Star Wars stuff got kind of mud, muddied through the toy lines. I mean, we had um, characters that were kind of mismatches from what we later learned about the characters and things that were retconned and vehicles that didn't exist mm-hmm. in the movies, like those little uh, single character. Uh, like mini vehicles mm-hmm. that uh, that you could get back around. I think Return of the Jedi time period. Um, well, Hammerhead. I, I, I think oh, they ahead. realized at the time that you know you could throw Star Wars on anything. And yeah, it would yeah, sell. Be, the toy line was just well back then. Toy lines weren't really. Uh, you you didn't have toy lines based on other. Uh, contents or or other franchises Mm -hmm. for movies and things like that. So when Star Wars launched and was so successful, I'm yeah, they, they kept that going as long as they could. Here's a question Um, for you guys. Where did you guys get most of your action figures from? What stores? That is an excellent question. There were two places in my town where you could get them if it wasn't Christmas time. Mm -hmm. And that was a local sports store where they sold, you know, soccer balls and baseball gloves and stuff. It's called the sports shop. And the other place was a, um, an auto supply store. Really? Yeah. Really? Kind of like a tractor supply <clears throat> sort of thing, but okay. it was, huh. had that focused a little bit more on automotive stuff than on general outdoor garden stuff. And they mm-hmm. had a kid section there. And, uh, yeah, those were the two places in town that, and sometimes Kmart had some. Mm-hmm. Lou? What about you guys? Um, I want to say it was probably either Sears or Bradley's. Oh, Bradley's. Bradley's was a, you know, a department store type thing. You know, think of an older, less mm-hmm. fully stocked version of Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I forgot about Bradley. Yeah, yeah, that's probably that's probably the two places there, you know. And you know, I remember we used to get the uh, 
the Sears Christmas wish list would come to the house. Yeah. It was this giant foam book size mm-hmm. book that you had circle pages and yep. make your list for Santa. And yeah. And then your parents yep. and grandparents would go to the store and not find any of the things you circled. <laughs> yeah. Right. Our Sears I, only had toys coming up on Christmas time. They had kind of like Walmart does now where there's like a seasonal section. Mm-hmm. Our Sears had one mm-hmm. section that was only, it only had toys just leading into Christmas. And that was it. The rest of the year, you're, you're SOL. The rest of the year was luggage. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, no, I, I got it. It's funny since Lou mentioned it because I completely forgotten about Bradley's. Uh, yeah, a lot of stuff came from Bradley's. The majority of it actually came from um, drugstores, uh, phase drugs. Um Oh, yeah. Interestingly yep. enough, and I know they were around the Northeast. I don't know if they were anyplace else in the country. Um, when I was a kid, my mother worked at Phase Drugs, so I was in there all the time. And yeah, they had their toy aisle. And that's where the vast majority of my action figures came from. Hmm. You know, and this is this is before the existence of things like Toys R Us and and all that. <laughs> Our nearest Toys R Us was an hour away in Detroit. Wow. And I got to go there one time <clears throat> in my entire childhood. The second time, to my recollection, that I ever entered a Toys R Us store, I was probably about 15 or 16 years old. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I was probably about that, that age as well. Um, so here's a little fun fact to talk about getting sidetracked. Speaking of Toys R Us, uh, there was a, a company, you guys might be familiar with it because they had a number of locations uh, called the Boston Store. No. Do you guys that ring a bell with anyone? No. Nope. Um, no. So this company called the Boston Store, which interestingly enough, I'm not even sure that Boston had one of these. Um, it, it originated, uh, right near me in, in Utica and they had gone through a number of iterations. The only reason why, like I'm familiar with the store, the only reason why I'm familiar with the story is that there's a, a local kind of newspaper supplement, uh, that comes out every few weeks and they have a little historical thing about the area. And so the Boston store is one of their highlights. And I remember it was a sizable department store. Uh, it was in downtown, so it was kind of always a neat place to go. Uh, it was the first place I think that I've ever that I ever rode an escalator. Um, hmm. There's really no other like multi-level buildings in the area that, as a kid, we I are really dating ourselves yeah. when we're saying before escalators were true. Around. <clears throat> Very true. Hey, we had a department <laughs> store where I was growing up, where we, they actually had a guy, and it's not like I lived in a an affluent town or anything by far but actually had a guy on the elevator who would have to like, he'd yeah. pull a lever to close the door and then another lever to close the, the metal accordion gate. Yep. And then we hit the button for it to go up and then it would open the accordion gate. Like we actually had an elevator attendant. That's cool. That's <laughs> not cool. because we were rich, but because the elevator was so old that somebody had to operate. <laughs> so the Boston store went through several iterations. They went through several uh, uh, owners and at one point, I think they had like 60-some-odd stores around the country, I think mostly Midwest and Northeast. Anyhow, eventually, they started to go out of business. And I think the last remnant of them 
that was still in business was their their uh, basically their their toy retail. That company, that little subsidiary, was sold off to another company, and that then became Toys R Us. Really? Yeah. So you are older than Toys R Us. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Wow, Tim, you win. <clears throat> well, but, Tim's older than Jeffrey. But, but well, see what I'll say is like that the the Boston store. I think they started here maybe in the the 30s or 40s, and like I said, went through a number of iterations, and eventually, like in the early 80s, I think they, you know, everything finally went south for them, um, permanently. So, yeah, you know, that reminds me, and we won't get into it now because we need to move on to some other questions and stuff. But the other thing. The only person I've ever met that could keep up with me on this, and I've actually, I've never met this person, but the only person I'm aware of was I saw Rosie O'Donnell on a talk show somewhere where she was talking about this and she's just rattling off commercial jingle after commercial jingle after commercial jingle. And I was just thinking that I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. And I started <laughs> thinking, I used to know more commercial jingles back then or catchphrases for like the most ridiculous things kitchen supplies um dish soap laundry detergent gardening stuff like anything R restaurants and stores that were two or three hours away from me was the closest one i don't know why but i just i had this this eidetic memory for commercials that's great from the 80s it, it's pretty disturbing but <laughs> anyhow um all right, so let's just, without getting into too much discussion about it, for the people who might be new to the network, or at least, you know, Tim, you're a little newer to the network yourself. Mm -hmm. um, what are some of our current franchises now? I think it's safe to say we're all Star Wars fans because we all do Star Wars podcasts. Um, and I'm still, listen, I just to clarify, as much as I'm into Star Wars, there are a few other things that I am equally obsessive about Christmas is generally one of them. Uh, Transformers like generation one transformers. I am yeah. as much into that as I am star Wars. That that's a little tidbit. A lot of people probably don't know about me, but um, I'll throw that out there. So for me, the, not the bank Michael Bay transformers stuff, but the old school transformers, that's something I'm, I'm still maybe not actively into, but I'm still very interested in, but so uh, as far as today's franchises go, though, what do you what are you guys into? Lou? Um, I mean, you know, all the basic stuff that's out there pretty much in Star Wars, of course. I mean, the Marvel stuff I'm into. I know you're a big Trek fan, uh -oh. too, right? Yeah. It, and, you know, it, it, it's nice to have a new Trek series back on. Well, I shouldn't say back on television because it's not on television. <laughs> it's on, you watch it on online, your television but... after you pay money. I do. Yes, I do. And that's the only way you can watch it is, is by paying money. But, you know, it's nice to have that back after a, a long gap. I don't know when Enterprise went off the air, 2005 or something like that. Um, so it's nice to have that back. And it, 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 it's holding up the Trek name very well, I think. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. um, you know, other than that, I mean, it's, 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 I'm always looking for new shows on television. I'm always looking for the new things to get into. Um, I mean, The Expanse has been refreshing. Yeah. Um, for television out there recently, and, and the new book just dropped uh, um, Tuesday, I guess it was. 
And, um, you know, that's a great series to, to, to follow if you guys haven't followed The Expanse so far. Um, you know, start start looking at that on Sci-Fi. Season 3 just wrapped production, I think, or wrapped uh, filming uh, this week. So, uh, you know, I mean, other than that, I mean, I'm into anything that's, that's science fiction or a thr- uh, kind of thriller, but, you know, high-tech type stuff out there. You know, it kind of seems like franchises now, when you look back at, I mean, growing up, we had Star Wars. G.I. Joe and Transformers when we were kids, and that was really kind of the beginning of uh, geek culture franchises. And before that, there was Star Trek. That was probably the original geek franchise. It was it came along much earlier. Mm-hmm. But now I think it's so easy, and there are so many of them, <clears throat> that they don't stick a- around as long. And with the odd exception here and there, like, uh, oh, and Doctor Who, to be fair. Doctor Who is another one that is far older than any of us. But with the exception, maybe a firefly, we don't really see new things pop up anymore where they're so popular that there are conventions and there are, you know, uh, cause like just hundreds of thousands of cosplayers and and stuff. And, and Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, firefly as it was really was the last thing that I can really think of. But, but, you know, with the, you know, with the advent of more more digital content out there and more ways to consume stuff, I think that's been rolled into you know what's what's changed in the convention aspect of comic cons are now more of a, a you know entertainment media convention. Right. It's not just about comic books; it's about everything, and you right. see everybody you know cosplaying everything out there. And you know, I'll, I'll be there and I'll see uh, what is that, and you know, go up and talk to him and say, you know, hey, what do you what do you cosplay? What's this from? I don't I don't recognize the the character, and, and you get a whole big story from them about what it is and what the show is. Okay, oh, cool. Yeah. You know, I'll check that out. Yeah. Um, and people are so passionate about it, but it's there's so much stuff out there, and people are have access to so much more. Um. You know, both both the the content to find the the you know the details for the costume, the details for the franchise. You can live it in more than one way now. It's just there's so much more than it used to be. Yeah. When we were kids, I mean, we talked about the movies before, where you see the movie and it was you know two years before you could see it on television right. mm-hmm. again for the second time. You know, now it's like you see a show and there's like 20 websites out there pop up immediately with all kinds of different views and, and the pictures and, and you know, everything to really dive into that, that franchise and, and know more about it than you ever could before. But in having that, and that's a good thing. I, I love seeing uh, this diverse selection of topics. And like you said, Lou, some of these things I don't know. And I discover as other people are dressing up as them at conventions or whatever, but th- it also has signaled the death of, these more evergreen franchises. Um, you don't see new things pop up anymore that are really the new star Wars where it's going to be generations and generations of just around this one topic. Um, I mean, again, fire, well, I mean, firefly still has a pretty rabid fan base and, and Battlestar Galactica, uh, held on for quite a while, but well, I mean, so can you I think mean, of you an know, example? Hunger games, hunger games is one thing that comes up. I mean, it's been, Okay. Yeah. Out for yeah, quite a yeah. while. Now the books have been out for a while, and it's still hanging That's on. Good. I, mean, I don't yes. think we're going to get any more content, but there's a lot of that mm-hmm. out there. And and Harry Potter's relatively new too. I, I guess I should. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So and there's I, I'm a lot wrong. of stuff that that comes out with a couple movies, and then but it just fades away too quickly. There's not going to have that longevity that a Star Wars would have. I'm right. thinking like um, you know the Maze Runner stuff, or uh, you know a few of the other franchises like that, where you'll get four or five movies, maybe or three or four movies, but then nothing. 
Yeah. You know, the one franchise that I was convinced was going to be like the next big thing and it, it, it kind of fizzled out was mass effect. Mm. And, uh, I, mm-hmm. once again, I blame EA for that one, <laughs> uh, as many people do. But I, I think that was another, a lot of people called the first mass <clears throat> effect trilogy, kind of the next star Wars. And I can understand why, but, uh, you know, you're right, Lou. I, and that's one of the reasons I like doing this show is because it, it's not about getting on the microphone and telling people how correct we are. It's about exploring things and finding out that, you know, maybe there's other things to see than what you thought. And no, you're wrong. I, yeah, yeah, I'm wrong. Well, I'm happy to be wrong in this case because it's a good thing. But OK, yeah, Hunger Games. I, I had forgotten about Harry Potter mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, Maze Runner did kind of die out, but. Okay, so there's still there's still well, stuff that does pop up from time to time. That's fair. Maze Runner is a new film, don't they? Um, is, they did the first one, something the second new? one, the third one. Uh, either just came out or is coming out. I, I think, think it's, it's coming out shortly. Coming out. Yeah. I thought it was the fourth one, and I thought it was going to be right to video because the last one hadn't done that well. I hmm. thought that was Divergence. Oh, maybe yeah, something. Yeah. I don't know. Although right, I thought what the plan was for Divergent to go to TV or video at that point. Mm-hmm. Like after yeah, the first they one, they said, the this actor. is what we're going to do. I don't yeah. know. They're, they're, to, to lose point, there's so much. Sometimes you just can't keep up with it. And even for, I mean, That's us, the hard thing. Trying to, I won't say report on this stuff, but we we try to have commentary on a lot of these things. So we try to, you know keep up on a lot of it and uh, you know obviously the things that we're interested in are the things that we gravitate toward but we try to have some fair representation mm. of, of stuff uh even if we might not necessarily be interested in it and but there's just so much well it, you know it, it, we talk about that being so much out there and you I mean my dvr is you know approaching full and that's not considering you know the stuff i'm watching on cbs all access the stuff i'm watching on netflix uh, you know, I'm behind on the the Marvel Netflix TV stuff. Mm. Got to catch up, and there's just so much to catch up with and watch. And then it's like, okay, well, you know, we're getting a week from when we're recording this is when um, the Last Jedi comes out, and I'd love to rewatch all seven or eight movies again. But I'm like, eh, I don't have time. I'd love you that's know, it's a whole like, season of a TV series. Yeah, yeah, you could watch. <laughs> I, you know, that's another topic I want to talk about in an up- upcoming show. Kind of, what do you do? How do you prioritize? Um, what you consume now when there's so much out mm. there that, that you're interested in it. And at some point you have to take things that you want to watch, you want to see, and you have to choose mm. to sacrifice it. And, and I think that's something now that we also didn't have to experience before. It, it's interesting how being a, a geek or a sci-fi fan or just an entertainment fan in general now is so different from the way it was decades ago because of the change in how we consume the content and the yeah. availability of the content. Yeah. And especially the television stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge difference in terms of what you're going to get before it was, you know, like, like you said, Eric, there wasn't that many VCRs out there. People didn't record a lot of stuff, especially when I was like, you know, elementary school age. And, you know, it was, it was on TV once. And if you missed it, <laughs> too bad. You know, it's like you weren't going to get that episode again uh, until it went off the air and went into, you know, 
um, syndication, and you might get it on you know Channel Eleven out of New York where they're playing all the old stuff, mm-hmm. right? But you just didn't see that. You know, you missed episodes. Oh, I, w- I don't. Oh, what was that episode about? And then we're talking about it at school, and you're like, oh, I wish I had seen that. You know. And, yeah, and yeah, it's it totally be, different today. Now it's you got ten different ways to watch it. Not only could it be years that uh, you would go not seeing them. I remember um, when I was a kid, I used to watch Voltron, not religiously, but I liked it. Mm-hmm. And in the first episode mm-hmm. or two, one of the pilots of the lions—I don't know—died or got captured or something like that, and the princess took over as one of the pilots of the lions that yep. all get together and form Voltron. Well, apparently, I was told later on that this character comes back at some point and I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. I want to see it. And to this day, I'm 43 years old and I still have never seen that episode. And I'm sure I could go find it now, but that's the thing. I mean, sometimes you might catch it in syndication or you might just never see that episode back then. The, the yeah. great thing though, is it, that know, the new Voltron series on Netflix has kind of done a, cover of all of those classic episodes and Mm. then some and i think they've done incredibly well with them they are so much fun they have yeah Uh, and that's another thing i gotta catch up on and you know they're also on netflix they have a um kind of a mini series where the people who have worked on the new voltron series have picked their favorite episodes from the classic series and have re-released those classic episodes on oh wow that's cool yeah, not yeah. in chronological order. But, I think the pilot episode is like episode number seven or something in this case. Yeah. Huh. But yeah, it's interesting. And they give a little you, like an but, interview but, at the beginning of it too, explaining why they chose that episode. So I was just gonna say, but we, you know, with all the ways we have a watching stuff today, there's still that huge level of level of frustration where I want to watch something, but I can't I can't get it. Mm-hmm. It's like it was on TV. It's not an on-demand. My DVR was full, or I didn't record it. For sorry, I forgot to record it, and I still can't get the episode. Yeah. Um, and it's like, okay, well, I, you know, I'm paying for Hulu. I'm paying for Netflix. I'm paying for cable. I'm paying for the. You know, yeah. Why can I not see this somewhere without having to pay? Like, you know, buying it on iTunes. It's just frustrating. Right. Most recently, for me, it was um, Blind Spot. I wanted to watch, mm. and I think we. I can't remember. It was the second season. No, it was the first season. We missed like the first episode. Couldn't get it anywhere without paying extra money. Uh, really? Like, uh, no, uh, I'm done. I'm not going to. And that's a pretty it. recent just, series know. too. I thought that that was on Hulu. Yeah, but maybe now. But when it was first out, yeah. when it first came on, and it was like I missed like the first two episodes. Oh man, I wanted to watch that, and I forgot to record it. And I was like, okay, I can go back and I can see episode two. I can't see the first episode. Oh, that right. sucks. I'm like. You know, you've got a brand new show. You're trying to get me to watch it. You're trying to get everybody to watch the show. You're promoting the hell out of it, and yet you won't give me that for free on demand on your sh- on your network on your website, even with commercials. Right. It's like, just let me watch it. Let me get interested in the show, and I'll probably stick with mm-hmm. it. But no. So to this day, I, I don't watch Blindspot. That's you know, it's funny. Yesterday, I think it was. It was either yesterday <clears throat> or the day before. Um. I, I'm a big dog lover. I've trained dogs. I've trained friends' dogs. I've had friends angry at me because their dogs like me better than they like themselves. Uh, <laughs> and I'm a fan of a few different like media dog trainers. One of them, Caesar Milan. I, I think the dog whisper is a really good show. And so my wife had a question about uh, a certain dog training method. I'm like, Oh, I, you know, I remember Caesar talks about that in one of the episodes. Let me find the episode for you. So I 
I was looking for it and I remember it used to be on Hulu and now it's not. And it used to be somewhere else, uh, Nat Geo, I think. And now it's not. And I couldn't find this thing anywhere. And I had to go on Amazon Prime, except it wasn't part of the Prime stuff. It was on Amazon Video, but it was one of the ones where you have to pay $1.99 to get the episode. Mm. And I was just thinking, like, it was really frustrating because three months ago or something, all of them were available on Hulu, but they rotated out. And this mm. rotating in and out of things is is frustrating too, because you never know when something is available and when it's not and on which right. of the various streaming networks that you're paying for something interesting, uh, Hulu, not Hulu, uh, Amazon video is now available on the Apple TV. And while I've been a prime member mm. for ages, I never use Amazon video because my streaming stuff, I normally watch through my Apple TV or, or through my, my smart TV. And mm. I went back and realized, Oh, I can watch the second season of humans now. And I can watch uh, Man in the High Castle and, and some other things. So if you've, uh, and Lou, I know you've got an Apple TV. Uh, Tim, I don't know if you do or not, but uh, I do can, not. You can download that now and uh, you get all your Amazon. Yeah, stuff. you know, I, I haven't downloaded it, but I got around that by using the whole, you know, streaming thing where I would bring up Google Video, <laughs> you know, Amazon Video, I'm sorry, Amazon Video on my phone yeah, and then AirPlay it. stream that to my Apple TV. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. That's how I watched uh, most of Man in High Castle that way. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're at about an hour, but I, I got a couple other things I want to ask you guys. So, Tim, real quick, any other franchises that, that are near and dear to your heart? Uh, well, I mean, on top of the Star Wars and, and Marvel stuff, um, you, you mentioned earlier, and, and you know, it's come up a number of time on, on shows, uh, I, I do love James Bond. Um it's a great franchise. I'm really excited that, you know, we're getting another film with bond 25. And, uh, I just think there's, you know, a lot of really cool stuff with that. Um, you know, beyond that, I mean, I just, I, I try to stay open to different things that are out there. I mean, it's, it's, uh, Lou mentioned all the TV shows that are out and, you know, catching things like the Orville that actually had its, um, mm. uh, season finale tonight. Um, hopefully you guys DVR that so you can, uh, so you can go check it out. Um, I'll probably watch it, uh, if not tomorrow night, sometime this weekend. Is it and, the season finale or the mid season finale? Uh, season finale. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They, they did a, they did a short first season. Um, okay. also the season finale of Gotham was tonight as well. Um, hmm. Yeah, you know, I don't know if there's any other big things. I, I, you know, a small interest here and there, be it between movies and TV shows and some books. Um, starting to break back into comics slowly and somewhat reluctantly. Because um, I really didn't need something else to spend money on. <laughs> um, comics are expensive. They they are, and uh, I struggled for a long time with what I wanted to get into or what I wanted to get back into, and the issue of, um, I mean, when, when I was into comics, uh, particularly in the 90s, uh, I was also a collector, so I kept everything that I had. It got bagged and boarded. They got, you know, organized in boxes, and I still have all yep. of them. Um, and now they're all worthless. Uh, many of them are. Yeah. <laughs> you know, every once in a while I'll, I'll randomly go on a price guide or I'll jump into a comic store and I'll go through something. And, oh, I have that. And it's worth $3. Yeah. 
And it was yeah. a, you know, when, you know, super foil glow in the dark premiere, uh, you know, super special yeah. issue. Um, so I have knowing that that would be my kind of what I would lean toward would be I, I would end up getting into that collecting thing. And I just really don't have the physical space that I want to go for with that. So I've gone the comicsology route. And I've mm-hmm. been doing, um, you know, some uh, compendiums and and, uh, and trades yep. to get, you know, full collections of stories. And, uh, yeah, I, I've been enjoying that so far. So, again, slowly and reluctantly, um, because even getting them digitally, you know, costs in some cases, especially with the trades and such, a, a pretty penny. Yeah. So. Well, the trades are still cheaper than issue by issue. Yes. Yeah. Still much cheaper. Um, yeah, I tell you that that's the one thing I missed the most about having an iPad is it was the perfect size for reading comics Mm -hmm. and having them all digitally. You could read whatever you want, whenever you want, not have to worry about whether you're bending one of the pages too much or where you're storing them. I've still got probably 12 long boxes worth of comics in my mom's attic. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm never going to get them out because they're not worth anything and I'm never going to go back (laughs) and sift through them all and read them. But the digital copies you know, I'll do that. Yeah. Um, real, qu- real quick uh, tangent here. You guys familiar with Robert Kirkman? Yeah. Walking Dead. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The guy who created The Walking Dead mm-hmm. and uh, is now one of the head guys over at Image Comics. Mm-hmm. He has a series on TV right now uh, called, I think it's called The History of Comics, like Robert Kirkman's The History of Comics or something. I've and been DVRing it, but I have not yet watched it. So I'm having a hard time getting through the Superman episode because i just have a hard time with superman Ditto. uh and i think i might just skip it i i know that i i but the thing is even then it's not about superman it's about how the creators of superman lost their rights to their creation mm. and, and it go, it's a documentary series that mm. goes back to you know stan lee getting uh you know starting doing these like weird comics before superheroes came along and was about to leave and mm. not do comics anymore. And then just created the fantastic four on a whim kind of thinking I'm going to get fired anyway. Why don't I just go ahead and do this <laughs> and then I can get fired and, and it's all good. And it was about mm. him and the kind of the creation of Marvel comics. Mm. The second episode was about the creation of wonder woman and not just the change in the character from a, um, a female, a strong female character to then being a weak female character who was just kind of a token female on a superhero group. Mm. And then now back into, she's a strong female character again, but not just that, but the, how the character was created and and the guy who it was, she was created by the guy who created the um, polygraph, the lie detector. Really? Yeah. And um, thus the lasso of truth. uh, Well, that might've had to do more with, some more adult activities between him, his wife and his mistress, huh? Um, yeah. which was also uh, a prominent part of what this episode was about. <laughs> really? Uh, That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things on the commercial for it's Di- uh, Diana Carter, who played Wonder Woman in the, the TV mm-hmm. show back in the what, late seventies, early eighties. And she's like, they told me about uh, the origin Linda of this Carter. character. And I was just like, yeah, Oh Linda my gosh, I can't Carter. believe it. Linda Carter. Sorry. And uh, it, it was a very interesting episode. They did 
a couple more I haven't watched yet. One about uh, uh, Milestone Comics, which was a big African American comic uh, comic book line that uh, did really well for a while and then kind of fizzled out. And I think, it, if I recall correctly, I thought it fizzled out around the time where comics kind of died off after the big '90s. Um, mm -hmm. You know, all the variant covers and some of the issues were bagged and came with trading cards, like you have to buy 12 copies of any given issue to make sure that you've protected your investment sort of thing. And then right. the market just collapsed. Uh, anyway, it's a fascinating mm. series and I highly recommend it. Mm. Really good stuff. Yeah. Like Moving you said, on. I have it DVR. so I, I, I need to catch up on it. Good. Good. I think it's on AMC. Yes. So if you've got access to AMC's, uh, on-demand app or something like that, you can probably get them, but it's a great, great series. Are there any movies that people think are one of the best movies ever made that you absolutely can't stand? <laughs> like you just loathe this movie more than anything in the world. And yet everybody reveres this movie as like a classic. Anything come to mind? Yep. Mm, not off the top of my head, no. Okay. What, 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 what do you got, Tim? I'm interested to hear your, your cackling. Ant-Man. Oh. Everyone loves Ant-Man. I wouldn't, I I wouldn't say Ant-Man's revered, crap. though. I mean... Damn. Yeah, I, it, it's I, on I, the fence, because there are a lot of people who don't care for it as much, and, I mean, it's not... Uh, if, if you went to like IMDB or something, I'm, I'm sure it's not like that high, but okay. I'll, yeah, I'll give you that one. If nothing else, your hatred for it certainly makes the, <laughs> the gap between the love and the hate a, a <clears throat> gaping chasm. And I catch a lot of flack for not liking it. Um, I mean, amongst the MCU films, it is, uh, the only thing it ranks higher than for me is incredible Hulk. But, but Tim, you catch a lot of flack because of the level of vitriol and smack talk. <laughs> I mean, you, it, it, you, you, and you also it. put it out there to get yelled at for. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you, partly. Yeah. Partly. I, I, it's and, not drama free on your part. No, no. Yeah. And, and, and I have no problem. I, I just I think, you know, while it has some entertainment value and, and it's amusing. Um, I, I mean, personally, I don't like the character. And really never yep. have. So that's that's part of it for me. Um, I can understand I, that. And I just really don't think, you know, I, I think it's wasted time, money and effort uh, when it comes to the MCU. I, I think they could have made investment in a more impactful character that has more meaning to the MCU and the direction that they were going uh, into with. And, uh, you know, they they spent a lot of money, I, I think, and, you know, effects and such to get very little payoff like they did in uh, in Civil War. Hmm. You know, for for the 30 seconds of screen time that he had between Ant-Man to Giant Man and, you know, he did his big Giant Man smash uh, and then that was that. So I yeah, just but Civil War wasn't about him, though. I mean, no, it, it, it wasn't. But for what he honestly didn't contribute, I just didn't think that the character was worth it. Um, okay. I, and, and, you know, maybe the character 
will redeem itself, especially with Wasp uh, coming in in the next film. Uh, you know, we'll we'll see where it goes. Um, about that, uh, they just described the film recently and and said it was a romantic comedy. Uh, so what? Tim, you you might not. I, I don't know. It might not redeem itself. That might not mind. save it for you. Yeah. Peace out. Sorry. Peace out. <laughs> um, well, for me, everybody, I think, well, I don't know. We only really ever discussed it on the Flick Fights podcast, but I absolutely, violently, at least on the level of your hatred for Ant-Man, I cannot stand 2001, The Space Odyssey. I cannot, I, I, when, once you get the ball rolling with me on that one, I cannot shut up about <laughs> just what a pile of crap that movie is and why. I mean, I okay. can go on for an hour and not repeat myself. I, oh. And, and, and so I, I can understand, I, I like the film. I won't go on and say it's a favorite of mine, but I like the film. Um, but I can definitely understand your perspective of it. It's a very different means of storytelling. And when the first, uh, gosh, I, what is it? The first 17 minutes goes without anyone saying a line or something in the movie. Um, I, that can be very off-putting on its own. So, yeah, I, I can understand that. That was not as bad as the 20-minute long bad acid trip at the end of the movie that was like uh, what I imagine if they had the technology to do screensavers back in the late seventies, um, that's what I imagine <laughs> would have been a screensaver on a, a computer or something. It was just, and I don't mean the stuff with the guy in the room at the end and all that. I mean like the helicopter shots flying over the forest and flying over the water. And then all the little psychedelic Atari 2600 video graphics. And it just didn't end. It went on and on and on. see now you got the ball rolling. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to shut up. I'm sorry, Dave. I can't let it's you do okay. that. <sighs> but Lou, you have nothing. There's no like, no, I can't think of anything in my head that says that, you know, Hey, this movie that I absolutely love that, or I should say hate that, that everybody else loves. I can't think of anything. That I feel that oh, you're such a conformist. Passionately about. <laughs> I, I know, I know, I guess I am, but I can't think of anything off the top of my head that says, I know the other way around. I've got some, you know, movies that I like. Yeah, let's do that then. What what movies didn't. do people generally absolutely loathe that you think are great? Um, I mean, I have I have two kind of guilty pleasure movies. Okay. <laughs> uh, one of them, one of them is is Meet Joe Black. Okay. I I really enjoy mm -hmm. the movie. And the other one is Waterworld. <laughs> <laughs> Waterworld isn't bad. I, it's not as bad as people say. It's it not is. great. No, it's not great. <laughs> but you know, if it's on, I'll watch it. I mean, I, I don't own it. I won't go out of my way to watch it. But if it's on, I'll be like, oh, yeah, okay. I'll, <laughs> Let me just I'll give you Waterworld. I mean, if nothing else, the world building in it was interesting. Uh, yeah. yeah, it had some potential. Yeah. It and I, and I know you long. don't like me, Joe Black, but. I, I absolutely love that movie. All right. Hey, when I went to see it, I actually thought that it was okay. And I only went to see it again because the Phantom Menace trailer was premiering. It wasn't the sort of thing. I mean, back then, remember, you had real-time video. 
that was like postage stamp size on the internet. So yeah, the trailer was online eventually, but it looked like crap. Yeah. Like watching it on an Apple watch would be better if that were possible. Well, and watching it on a website back then. And it was a quick time download that would take about 25 minutes for a uh, minute and a half long trailer. So, (laughs) right. (laughs) Yeah. So I went to the theater just for that. And I sat all the way through meet Joe black because they were airing the trailer again at the end. And it wasn't bad. Like I had no interest in it yet. I recognized that it was, it was a good movie. I've never rewatched it since then, but I can't complain about it. There's nothing wrong with the movie. Though, yeah, a lot of people do hate it. People thought it was slow. It was just, you know, uninteresting. And I, I just, I really get into the story. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. Mine is, and you guys still have to watch this at some point Kung Pao Enter the Fist. Uh, it is you can't even groan because you haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it, but I'm just groaning because I know I have to it watch it. It is a wonderful and this isn't like, you know, Team America World Police where you have to watch it. I, we we all knew you weren't gonna like that one. Oh god. Be okay. You didn't even see the uncensored cut. That's what is so disappointing about it. You saw the watered down version. <laughs> so anyway, um yeah, Kung Pao Enter the Fist is is mine. That is such a quotable movie. It is so utterly ridiculous. Uh, it's it, it's great. Tim, what about you? Do you have any guilty pleasure movies? Um, oh or God. TV shows, if, if need be. Well, I, I I would say you know movie wise, particularly along the lines of more popular films or at least popular franchises. Um, I, I really, really like Phantom Menace. I think Phantom Menace is one of the better Star Wars films. Um, and I know a lot of people don't like it for various regions, reasons, including Jar Jar and such. Uh, I think it's definitely the best prequel. And oh. uh, I, I, I could go on for a while about it. Um, outside of really popular films, I would have to say... There are films that I enjoy that aren't necessarily mainstream. I don't think people necessarily are down on, but just because they're older films, people don't watch them. And because many of them are in black and white, people don't watch them. Um, But I love Abbott and Costello movies. Mm, Um, I I can watch hours upon hours of them. Uh, Fortunately, my wife also likes them. So, you know, we put those on. Uh, the ones with the, the crossover with the Universal Monsters, we, we put those on uh, around uh, uh, Halloween and and all that. And they're they're just they're great movies. The comedy is so clever and they're really well done. And uh, I mean, they're definitely not a guilty pleasure. I don't I, I don't feel guilty about about enjoying them, but it's just, no, no, they're they're good. Yeah. But it's just they're they're at this point just so not mainstream. I don't think many people really pay attention to them, but I think there's a lot of really good quality film um, and good mm-hmm. comedy that, that comes out. You know, of those, uh, so there are they, probably they make me happy. Sadly, uh, we're probably old enough now that there are a lot of people who have not. Um, well, probably even heard of Abbott and Costello or, or have seen anything that they've done. Some people who are listening right now. So hit YouTube and at <laughs> least watch the who's on first uh, segment. Yeah. Because I, I, To this day, I still think that that is one of the best comedy routines mm-hmm. ever. And, and part of it is just between, I mean, it's all about delivery. Comedy is so much 
about timing and delivery. And when it's two people bantering back and forth, you've got to have uh, not just a rapport, and they had that, but you've also got to have this rhythm, this cadence of, yeah. of being able to play off of one another really well. And and keep in mind, this isn't something that uh, was a one-time thing. They would go and do this in live shows, and, mm-hmm. and this was a routine that you know they had memorized, and yet they always seemed to pull it off as if it was fresh and, and just kind of a, like it was ad-libbed. Oh, yeah. And it was not. Yeah. But it was such a, a, a great example of flawless delivery of a, a, a comedy routine. Mm-hmm. And it's a legitimately funny comedy routine, too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that still remains one of, of my favorites there. And, um, and as far as... If, and oh, really all their movies, I mean, they, they will stretch this entire gap from slapsticky stuff to really, you know, clever things, subtle things. Um, I mean, I also like Marx Brothers movies too. And again, the same thing with, with those guys, it's, you have some slapstick stuff and you have some really good, uh, clever things and, and great puns and just really well-delivered one-liners and the setups are fantastic. And some of it's just really yeah. goofy, but it just seems to be a, a brand of comedy that we don't see anymore. Um, there's a, there's a visual aspect to it. There is a, uh, the, the verbal aspect to it. There's a little bit of a cerebral aspect to it. And I just think it's this great mix and like perfect formula that we really don't see too much of today. Well, comedy, comedy today seems to be so much about, and this is another topic that we could do in the future too, but comedy today seems to be so much about either being crass or about taking advantage of someone else or yeah. making fun of someone else. And back then, a lot of the the more successful comedy anyway was about wit mm-hmm. and it was about being clever. Yeah. And we don't see as much of that anymore. Even back then, you know, the Three Stooges were always popular and I've always, I, I think I've probably seen more of the Three Stooges than I have Marx Brothers and Abbott and Costello combined, but I always thought Abbott and Costello and the Marx Brothers were funnier. I thought they were more clever and more witty. Yeah. And I think the Three Stooges even came to be a little bit too cookie cutter and, and too... Uh, They're a little too slapstick for me. Well, and again, I think it was also a lot more about them uh, beating each other up. Yeah. Not so much the physical slapstick <clears throat> being too violent as much as it was. At some point, it's just it's not funny to keep poking someone in the eye over and over and over again. Whereas the Abbott and Costello mm. stuff was, again, it was clever. Is that why Lou is so mad at me? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> it loses something after a while, Tim. That's why we all wear glasses now. That's right. All right. Um, well, you know, I've got other questions, but I guess it, we're, we're approaching an hour and a half, so we should probably wrap it up. Tim, I want you to come back on when we sit down and go over... Uh, kind of a debate of how the Star Wars films should rank against one another. <laughs> Absolutely. Because, happy uh, to. <laughs> we, we need someone else to, to argue why the Phantom Menace should not be at the bottom of the list. And I, I imagine this is going to be uh, a very lively, colorful discussion. Yeah. So 
Maybe then I'll, I'll break out some alcohol and, you know, you, you might have some censoring to do when you do the edits. We might hey, we I, might have to all break out some yeah, alcohol. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't even really drink, but for this one, I might have to, yeah. Oh, and and just, a, just a quick plug, folks, uh, just to let everyone know, we are in actively in the planning for uh, the next movie draft. So we're just trying to figure yes. out a date when we're all going to get together. Uh, and do this, and and as everyone knows, I definitely break out alcohol for the movie draft because it makes me better. Uh, it it does it doesn't yes. it, it doesn't at all, but that's my excuse. No, no, no. As someone who competes against you, it definitely <laughs> makes you better. <laughs> and I'm going to compete against this time too. So yeah, drink yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, who's hosting this time? Um, it should be Chris because he's the one that won the summer draft. Ah, we're yep. going to have to see so if we'll he's available. Because we're going to do, yeah, because we've been doing, well, starting with this one, actually, we wanted to do the host that won two times ago. So we right. know that one's totally finished, totally done. They're going to host this one. And that yep. was Chris. So. The, the most recent winner of the, or the winner of the most recent, totally 100% finished yeah. movie totally draft. Completed, yes. right. Right. Um, this time around, we might. Have to. I mean, let's let's see if Chris is available. I hope he is. Uh, if not, with the holidays coming up, um, we're gonna try to get it recorded prior to the end of December. But after the twenty fifth, uh, a lot of people aren't gonna be available. Right. It's been tough. Right. Tough to get everybody together. Yeah, right? that, and that gives us uh, a little under two weeks. So we're gonna have to figure stuff out. Plus, people have Christmas parties and travel in between now and Christmas too. So. Yeah. Well, if we I don't get Chris hosting day... this one, we'll get him, you know, we'll, we'll give him a rain check and, and do the next one. But, yeah. uh, I think the day after Christmas, uh, Lizzie heads to Paris. That's right. For like a week. So and we've got Star Wars on the 15th. You've got, um, you're out. out uh, yeah, I'm out just Knocked out cold <laughs> for a few days after that. Um yeah, and then the closer we get to the 25th, it just gets harder and harder. But yeah. uh, but we do have another movie draft coming up. You are correct. And uh, I think, th does this one have Black Panther in it? I, no. I don't think so. I think January, that's, February, that's March. the next one out. So it'll be, yeah, yeah okay, so <clears throat> it'll, it'll yeah. just miss it. I just remember Lizzie saying that she is absolutely getting that movie. So I'm <laughs> going to start the bidding at 60. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I have learned from the last couple that I will remain silent going into a movie draft and not say a thing about any movie. Yeah. Because those <laughs> words are used against me. Yeah, and you need all the help you can get, Tim. Exactly. I, hey, oh, by the way, Still congratulations. <laughs> now in week five, Justice League has finally made over 200 million. 200 million. Yes, finally, after over a month. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, what right. did uh, Batman versus it, Superman it, open at? Wasn't it almost 200 million? Oh, really? Uh, no, I don't okay. think it was that high, was it? Yeah, I, I don't know. know. It was a lot. Was it really? It's okay, Tim. Batman versus Superman right. is not in this movie draft, so I don't care. Uh, if it were in this movie draft, you might have a chance. <laughs> That's the thing. Remember, Eric, you lock out at 400. I know. Yeah, I think I'm in last place still. We'll see how it goes. Hey, both of my Thanksgiving weekend movies got postponed. Yeah, I lost Polaroid, too. Oh. 
I, I don't think you're losing for... a lot on Polaroid. <laughs> I really don't think Polaroid was the mistake that that uh, is going to cost you the and draft. And just so you guys know, opening for BVS was 166. Uh-huh. Oh, th- I think that's what uh, Justice League was at in week four. <laughs> that's a, hey i also have thor which is where, what's thor at right now thor is uh it's at least half of what star wars is going to open at so that's pretty good thor's got to be like what 350 by now or so <laughs> domestically i don't think it's quite that high it, it's doing good though i mean it, it's yeah you you should be proud of that one so all right um so another thing that we should probably address uh, at the beginning of the show where we do network announcements, <clears throat> that worked out really well. Uh, we're going to be probably <laughs> taking a break for the holidays. We haven't really discussed the details among the staff, but it's a pretty good assumption that we're not going to have much in the way of releases at a very minimum the week between Christmas and New Year's. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say probably from around the 20th going forward, there might not be much. There might be a, a real quick review here and there. I might do a couple of the uh, the short circuits or or if you guys want to do one or two, that's fine too. But uh, I, I would say that from the 20th on, I would not count on any episodes through the end of the year. And then we'll pick things up first week of January. We'll. Uh, Hit the ground running. Can so. can we get a video episode just of Lou fluffing his goatee? <laughs> if you really want that, I nobody wants guess. to see that. No, no, no. T- t- I was just I was looking at the movie draft result while you guys were chatting, looking at the results and, and see where you are at, and, and you are in the lead. But right now, if you just take Last Jedi, max it out at four hundred, put it onto Eric's total, he beats you. Yeah, I yeah. I believe it. Right now, right now you attack $400 million on, he does beat you if nothing else well, happens. sure, if you attack $400 million on the anyone's, they're going to beat me. But he's going to get $400 million. million. Yeah, on his. That's the thing. I'm, he's going to get that, I'm going to hit the cap on that. Yeah. And he's also got like four other movies. I was going to say, don't I have at least one still. other thing coming up? But I've got... Yeah, you've got, you've got um, just getting started. You've got... Uh, downsizing father figures in Pitch Perfect 3. Downsizing will bring I mean, in... So, oh, Pitch Perfect 3 is going to be... Pitch Perfect it's 3 probably will bring $500 million of the stuff right there. You know, yeah. with, with Last Jedi. Listen, the, the last to, movie that's really going to be... I mean, ever since Justice League came out, and I'm going to laugh if this beats Justice League, the one movie that really had a chance other than Star Wars is going to be Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, mm-hmm. which Liz got for 21 credits. Uh, I think that is going to be one of the biggest movies on this draft. Oh, I agree. It could do well. I, I, I agree. Yeah. That's that's going to make Liz, a, I think, a contender for, for second place. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to see a screening of that tomorrow night. Oh, you get got into the early screening? Yeah. I'm going to be nice. out of town most of the day, but I think I can get back home just in time for the screening. So Good for you. Nice. Yeah. Uh, we'll We'll see how it is. Uh, Lizzie, let's see, what is she at? 347, 457. Uh, if Jumanji does really well, she might actually beat me. I'm solidly behind right now, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that Death Wish and Molly's <clears throat> game both got bumped. 
So it's funny because there's yeah, there's put... still posters out for Molly's game. It, right. it got well. It's coming out on on January first, so it's being postponed. Not very. Fa- it's being postponed oh. one day outside of our draft. One day. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Now you know what we should do, and this is something we got to discuss. You know, offline, but. If you have a movie that got bumped, I think you should get that movie whenever it comes out. No. You've already paid for it. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't get put into your draft. I'd say give it to him in the next draft. You know, what we did last time was whatever credits you spent toward those movies, instead of starting with 100 credits, you started with 100 plus. Mm. Yeah, I don't like that either. Of course you don't. No, I, I think we should just give it to a, give it to the next draft. So, Eric, I think you should get Death Wish and Molly's Game, and hmm. Tim, you get Polaroid. No, I don't like it. I don't like it. So, you know, we never clarified. <laughs> I, did you guys even tell Lizzie about this, Lou? I thought you were going to, but uh, we, and by we, I mean I, miscalculated <laughs> during the movie draft recording, and Lizzie actually did not have enough to get both Jumanji and Pitch Perfect three. Um, I don't think you guys actually told her because I, for like three days, I went on about her cheating in the movie draft and she didn't know what you were talking about. She didn't know what I was talking about. And I was waiting for you guys to actually tell her this. And yeah, it never happened. And Lou, you were going to do it. So it didn't look like I was trying to pull something. Nice job, Lou. Wait, what? What's that? I, you, you can't hear oh, you guys. I, okay. So let me <laughs> explain what happened, and maybe Liz will be listening to this episode. Wow, I can't believe nobody told her. So I, I told the I numbers. Told face it was my fault. The numbers got screwed up. Something didn't get entered entered into the spreadsheet during the recording, and it made it look like Lizzie had more credits available than she did. Um, so we took off. The I mean, we discussed it and and kind of let the moderator have the decision about what to do about it, uh, which is not me. And uh, so we took off the last movie that she had bid on, which was Pitch Perfect 3. And I think the second to last one was uh, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Mm-hmm. And then I had enough credits left that I, what I did is I just maxed out the credits to spend on that one. So I got it for 21 where she had bid 22 on it that she didn't actually have, which was not her fault. She didn't know that she didn't have it. It's because of a a typo during the recording. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, Jumanji, I actually, I think I suggested that we let her pick which one of the two she would want to hold on to. And then I would take whichever the other one was, but I think at this point, there's no doubt that, and and I'm still okay with that if it turns out to be the other way around, but I think there's no doubt Jumanji is going to be the clear winner between those two. Oh, I think so. Yeah. So, yeah. So she'll get that, but I, I'll end up with pitch perfect three. So that's different from how it came across in the recording, but uh, within a few days, I think before the show actually got posted, um, we had already corrected the spreadsheet and everything. So the spreadsheet's been accurate. But it's kind of funny if nobody told her. And I think that Jumanji is going to do well enough and Star Wars is going to do well enough that it's going to come down to me and her at the end. So uh, when she gets really angry, Lou, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll take the heat. You can just go I crawl think, under know, the bus I, yourself I so think... that we don't have to throw you under it. That might be... I, I will. Yeah, I'll just lay down in front of it. Yeah. Although I, I don't think anybody's got a chance of, of beating you, Eric. I really Wait don't. Wait a minute. I, mean, I, I take personal offense is, to that statement. 
Well, you should. T- Tim, Tim, I mean, unless you don't think it's going to cap out. It will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so if it caps out, and let's see, then let's see. What do you she have might, though. Um, I mean, well, I'm so far behind right now. I've got $127 million yeah, and Yeah, but, you know. Wait, hey, wait, wait. Let's just. She's got three hundred forty-seven million. She's got more than double. She has double what I have plus another hundred million, and she's in third. Andrea's okay. a little bit ahead of her, okay. and then so, Tim is at five hundred twenty-six. So, so I just dropped in four hundred million on your total for the last day, just just for for speculation purposes. This is probably a more uh-huh. realistic version of what's going to happen <laughs> and where you're at. If we give you got to undo that in the credit. spreadsheet, though, because I don't. I will. All right. I will. So that puts me <laughs> just, at uh, 180 million first in front of her. So she has to make at least 180 million with Jumanji. But, dude, I think that can be done. And so then we're right, even. And so then it boils down to these little three little things. Yeah. I mean, she's got what she had left. She has. Uh, Gotti and the great showman, the great showman. And you've got downsizing father figures, pitch perfect three and just getting started. Black Panther, by the way, is February 16th. It is. So it is the last one. Big. Okay. So I, you know, I, I just think that it's me tough for anybody to match up to you. Uh, with those, with those numbers. I mean, it, well, here's the thing though. I've got one, two, all three of those movies, downsizing father figures and pitch perfect three are all on the 22nd. So they're all eating into each other's potential box office, which generally on the movie draft, you don't want to dominate an entire weekend all to yourself because you're competing with yourself. Mm -hmm. You're eating your own. Yeah. So maybe, but if Pitch Perfect 3 does really well, it means downsizing isn't. If downsizing does really well, that means that that's taking away from Pitch Perfect 3. I'm cannibalizing myself that weekend. So Right, but it just it just means that what she has left has to do more than 180 million more than what you have left. And I just don't see it happening. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, mm, yeah. Unless she gets Pitch Perfect 3 back, in which case, again, with that whole bust that you're going to be crawling under. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, anyway, enough of that. <laughs> All right, well, I guess that's going to wrap it up for uh, for this first episode of Getting Sidetracked, of which I think we successfully got sidetracked quite a bit. <laughs> I think we did. Uh, you know, I've still got to come up with a logo for the show, and I was talking to Carrie in Slack about this. I said... You know, I it's bad enough trying to come up with something for uh, the short circuits and the aren't you a little short for a podcast. <laughs> but how do you visualize the concept of tangents? How do you visualize getting sidetracked? Like, what do you do? For, especially when, like, I can basically Photoshop some text art and clip art and stuff like that, but I can't create anything she said oh like a cat with a laser pointer and i'm like that that's a brilliant idea that's funny i can't i can't draw a cat i can't make a laser pointer that would actually look like it's a laser pointer and i can't have the cat express interest like that's so far beyond my talents Uh, anyway we have opening and closing music we've got the show we just don't have a logo yet so i gotta work on that before i can post this 
It might just be some text. We'll see. Anyway, that's something for me to worry about later. That is it for this episode. Uh, I'm just going to whip through the closing here real quick and that way you guys don't have to worry about what to do and I don't have show notes posted or anything. Um, we want to hear from you people out there. Comments on any of the stuff we talked about. We want to hear about, uh, you know, what you grew up with as far as as geek culture. Did you play with action figures and stuff growing up? Were you part of the video game uh, generation with like Nintendo and, and such? Uh, you know, d different generations have different things that they've experienced. So we want to hear from you. Uh, you can email us at getting sidetracked. That's uh, T-R-A-C-K-E-D at randomshatter.com. Uh, or you know what? It's, it's shorter. Just you can email it to GS at randomchatter.com. A little easier for you. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash randomchatternetwork. Uh, on Twitter at randomchatter. I don't know whether we're going to dedicate a, a Twitter account just to this show or not. Um, quite possibly not. But anyway, I'm on Twitter at Eric Blythe. It's E-R-I-K-B-L-Y-T-H-E. Lou, where can we find you on Twitter? Uh, just my name. It's Lou Secchi, L-O-U-S-E-C-K-I. All right. And Tim? Uh, it's Qui-Gon Tim. Tim with two M's. All right. Uh, as far as other shows over at randomchatter.com, I know that I'll be putting up an episode of Real Quick Reviews after going to see Jumanji on Friday. Awesome. Uh, Tim, you've got a new episode of Movie Rampage up, right? Yes, we just posted it today. Thank you for your help, Eric. Uh, it oh, is, no it's the big Justice League episode. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, everyone should listen to it and hopefully... Uh, I'm going to have to listen to that in the morning. On the yeah, way and hopefully work. not yeah. hate on Liz and I, so... Yeah, uh, I want to make it clear. Your email address is tim at randomchatter.com. <laughs> Liz and oh, I stand by one. our statements. Yeah, well, okay. Uh, Lou, we've got an episode can, of uh, Random Chatter that just went up, right? Episode 158, I think it is. I believe so, yes. All right. Um, what else do we have? Oh, Echo Base. We're, we're leading into the last few days before The Last Jedi. Indeed. Yeah, and we'll hopefully have a episode right after that movie release. Depending um, on if we can convince Tim to uh, stay up late with us, we'll, we'll pull something together. Oh, Tim's a trooper. He's not going to sleep anyway. You know, surgery the next day. Got a all that anxiety that's going to be built up. You're going to be up until three o'clock in the morning anyway. You can record with us, <laughs> right? We'll see. Of course, of course. We'll see. Yeah, you definitely want. You're going to want to stay tuned for that one. Um, I think we're going to break our regular release schedule a little bit for that and, and just try to post it immediately after yeah. the force, uh, not the force awakens the last Jedi comes out. Mm -hmm. So anyway, you can find all of those along with our two new microcasts over at the random chatter.com website. We would love it. If you would tell people about this new show, you know, it's hard to get a new show up and running, especially a show where it's a little less uh, focused on a particular franchise or a particular topic. And it's more about just the, the coverage of topics in general. Uh, so we could really use your help spreading the word to other people about the podcast. Um, let people know about getting sidetracked. We'd really appreciate it. Leave us reviews in iTunes. Uh, it'll take us a couple of days to get an iTunes feed up and running. But once it's there, please leave some reviews, not just clicking on the stars, which that helps, but actually type something. Let people know why you think it's a good show. Um, if there's something you want to see different about the show, I'd I want you to leave honest feedback, but if it's something we can change, let us know 
And we want to make shows that you want to listen to. So yeah. if it's something that we can change to accommodate what people generally want to hear, let us know. And maybe something that, you know, that's something we can do. Uh, so for feedback, send it to directly to us. But if you want to help support us, those reviews would help out a lot. Um, also helping support us over at patreon.com slash random chatter. Uh, that's kind of how we keep the lights on around here. You know, we we don't have a lot of expenses, but the expenses we do have, web hosting and various other things, we rely on donations for that. And, uh, you know, just small donations are fine. Just a dollar uh, is great. If enough people do that, that adds up and, and that helps keep the network up and running. And uh, Patreon is a way for us to give something back to the listeners and back to you people who, who donate and help us out. And one of the, probably my all-time favorite donation uh that uh, donation perk, I guess, that we've ever done on any Slack, whether it be for this or back when we did the Forcecast, has been the Slack community. Uh, we get stuff out of it. You get stuff out of it. It's it's like having social media without all the noise. And you're talking to other people who listen to the same podcasts you do and other podcasts and talking about the same topics that you want to talk about. And it's active discussions back and forth. And, and the participation is around the clock 24-7. And you get that right right at the dollar donation point. So I think that's a big deal. There are other uh, donation ranks as well if you want to give more, and we appreciate that. But part of it, too, one of the reasons we talk about it so much is just the more people we can get into Slack, the more that grows the, uh, the community as well. And, and just that alone is a big benefit to us and to you. So that's one of the reasons we push that so heavily. But... Uh, yeah, so patreon.com slash random chatter. Check it out. There's more information there on how you can help support the network. The music you hear in this podcast is called Three Piece Suit by Blue Stolly. Lou and Tim, I know you haven't even heard it yet. Have not. But uh, yeah, more good stuff by Blue Stolly, who is uh, associated with Cell Dweller. They're on the same uh, music production label. So. so that's it. Anything else you guys want to say before we duck out of here? No, thanks for listening. Am I forgetting anything? No, I think I'm good. All right. Thanks for uh, for tuning in for this first episode. I know it was a little disjointed and we were all over the place, but hopefully it was fun. Don't forget to send us feedback. And until next time, take care. <laughs>